You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Yes, a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet to get an isolation with the with the linebacker. Come the tackle. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. You can text us, 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim, live in Green Bay, bracing for a winter storm rolling through. I wish I was there. i got to be honest with you. I know you feel different, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> how you doing this evening, man? Man, doing good. Yeah, getting ready. Got uh, Got everything <laughs> we need just in case. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens They're They're talking about late, late night tonight into tomorrow, getting, getting a little funky up here in the, uh, in Scotty, Scottyville. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, I think last I seen it was what was it, like five to seven inches. What they're saying now. Is that right, Tim? Yep. Something like that. That's, that's just enough to, uh, allow the idiots that can't drive to, uh, to cause a little havoc. Right. But I got to say <laughs> this, man, the Scotty's. They handled it a lot better than they do down here in Tennessee. I promise you that. <laughs> oh, I believe that. And and they handle it a lot better up here than they do down in Milwaukee, too. I can tell you that from experience already. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Let's go to the chat real quick. we got a herd of people in. I have no idea why they're in here. The national championship's on, gang, but we appreciate y'all hanging out with us. Like a little national championship watch party here as Michigan's uh, leading Washington 7 to nothing right now. Should be a pretty good ball game. Uh, they're in the first quarter. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Michigan don't run away with it too quick. But Carly Ray in the chat said Sam Monson of PFF loves adjusted completion percentage, eighty-five percent. She went on to say that that is actually way better than sixty-five percent. Sixty-five percent. So, listen, love balled out. He absolutely balled out. There's no two ways about it. We're gonna hit on the PFF grades tonight. I'm really excited about getting to those. We got some videos we're gonna show you guys too. Um, like I said, let's just kind of wrap up here in the chat real quick. Doug says, I'm not into negative tweets, but some of the rage tweets posted by Bears fans as they watched the game were stunning. <laughs> Hashtag new guilty pleasure. And United Bates, of course, topped it off and said, I fell asleep peacefully last night reading comments on Bears social media. <laughs> so I want to give a shout out to United Bates. He actually sent us three cards, three autographed cards that we're going to give away. Wow. Um, show. So. Got some giveaways coming up. How about Hall of Famer James Lofton? Autograph card, right? Pretty cool nice. stuff. Romeo Dobbs, rookie card, autographed. What? And here's the big one. I was like, man, I might not tell him about this. I might just keep this one, but I'm going to give it away. Jaden Reed, autograph rookie card. Uh-oh. That's, uh, a, that's a big one. Yeah, that's a real big one there. So, United Bates, can't thank you enough, buddy. I know there was another listener offering to do the same thing. We appreciate it. Um, everything's running together. I apologize for uh, not remembering names and this and that. Uh, got to actually chat on the phone with Chris N, who's probably in the chat. Got to talk to him earlier today, and uh, pretty cool. We're going to have him on the show from time to time, man. He uh, definitely uh, kindred spirits when it comes to Packer fan. He actually grew up in Milwaukee, if I remember correctly, Tim, and now he lives down in Dallas. So we got a fan down there in enemy territory. I love awesome. him I'm all over the place. So we need to create a PTA map. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get yeah. somebody on that for me. I want a map. It's going to be a worldwide map, and we're going to put pins in where listeners are located. You know, we'll do the states, obviously, across across the United States, and then in other countries, too. I think that would be really, really cool. So, uh, yeah, again, thank you so much, United Bates, for uh, for gifting that, man. You are awesome. That's what I love about our listeners, man. Everybody's just kind of looking out for each other. Pretty cool. Jake Shavink in the house says, Bears fans want fields back, and so do I. Um, <laughs> I think it's pretty unanimous, Jake. It seems like they are, man. They're they're really wanting them. They've seen enough. 
Um, I've seen improvement, but if I had to choose as a Packer fan, do you want him back or do you want him gone? I want him back because we've seen improvement, yes, but it's still it's year three. Uh, the thought of getting someone like whether it's Caleb Williams, you guys know I'm not as big on Caleb as most people. Um, I like Drake May a lot. Um, it, the thought of them getting Drake May and possibly getting a franchise quarterback, Caleb Williams too, like I said, um, getting a franchise quarterback and then, you know, Justin Fields consistently, let's say he's grading out in the mid, the mid, the mid to upper seventies. You'd much rather have that going into year four than you would, you know, potentially someone who's just going to step in and have success like a Joe Burrow, you know? Yeah. I, I still have full faith that the bears will destroy whatever, you know, draft process. No matter who they get. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll chew them up and spit them out. Take them a couple years, you know. I can see that. Rinse, wash, and repeat, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, again, thank you, United Bates. Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, everybody, here in the chat. If you guys would, hit that like button for us so other Packer fans can find this channel, find this content. We appreciate you all hanging out with us. Man, the subs just absolutely blew up. We try not to ask for that type of stuff here, uh, you know, live on stream. Um, but it's just so cool that everyone's spreading the word for us. And uh, we really, really appreciate you guys and gals doing that. The channel is just absolutely blowing up, and I can't can't thank you guys enough. It's uh, been a fun ride for sure. Let's hit some videos real quick, Tim. I'm going to start off with probably my favorite video of the day. And the great man, the myth, the legend, Andy Herman, tweeted this out. And I love – you're going to hear a little sound, but he didn't say anything. He didn't have to say anything. Look how Quay Walker handles – this grown AWS offensive lineman right here. Look at this, man. This might be my favorite clip. Look at this, boys. That is a that is a grown man. And Quay just chucks in. Look at the reaction. He's like, why'd you do me like that, man? <laughs> Look at this. I love, I love the offensive line's reaction. Like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I guess the I guess the shoulders are right. Yeah. Damn. No doubt that in that, that shoulder is just fine. I love, I love how he just stared. He's like he almost started to pick him up. He's like, no, nah, this is the Bears. Heck with that. It's almost <laughs> like he was like. Roadhouse. <laughs> exactly correct, Tim. In case you guys didn't know, Tim has access to the videos now. This about to be good. <laughs> I love it. Let's see. Andy APAC in the house uh, with the super chat. Andy, you're too kind, buddy. We appreciate you. He said, we made the playoffs, all caps. Man, it was a long, long road to hoe, Andy, but here we are, man. It's been a fun ride. Um, it's been cool having you on board all year long, too, talking ball. The video he made, if you guys haven't seen it, go to Twitter. Uh, Pack Daddy tweeted it out. I was going to tweet it out, and I seen Ryan did it. I was like, oh, no need. Ryan's got it. He's, he, he spotted it, too. It is just absolutely awesome. Matter of fact, Andy's in here. He probably doesn't mind. I'm going to pull that up, Tim. Yeah, pull it up. I'm going to work at on that. At first glance, I was like, oh, he, I saw this already, and I clicked off, and I'm like, wait a minute. And then I watched it, and I was just dying. <laughs> yeah, we need to pull up. What kind of music? I'm trying to remember. What's the music on it to make sure we don't get hit with a copyright? Is there, oh, there music? Oh, that would be – that would suck. Let me uh, let me try to do a little research here. This is a really good podcast. So people going, Clayton, I'm listening on the pod. I can't see what you're even talking about. But <laughs> that's why you should be in here on YouTube too, man. Get in here with us. Yeah, Pack yeah. underscore daddy. I'm trying to remember. Andy, post in the chat what the song is just to make sure. Kind of words. It's the Titanic theme played off of key. Oh, yeah, we're good then. That ain't no copyright. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Someone should have the copyright on that. My God, it's beautiful. But, uh, <laughs> Let's see if we can find it here, man. I know Ryan tweeted it out earlier. It is money. Come on. Where is it at? The Jair video was hilarious, too, if you guys haven't seen that. Oh, Ryan's man. been on one today. Um, that was great. Classic. Andy A., did you, did you tweet it out? I know you shared it with people. You tweeted it out, too. I think you? it's in our private chat, Clayton. I think oh, there you go, my man. That's how you find it right there. Yep. That's why you get paid the big bucks. <laughs> All right, let's see here. If I could find it, call-ins, right? Call-ins. Yep. Got it. Yeah. All right, here we go. All right. <laughs> it is so good. So you guys remember the, uh, the big passionate speech that Kyle Brandt gave, and I kind of roasted him on Twitter for it. Um, I probably shouldn't have done that, but, you know, it is what it is. Anytime you say burn Lambeau to the ground, 
we got to respond. Right? We just got to respond. Um, let's yeah, see. You know, I've, I've, I'll tell you one thing I'll give Kyle Brandt is I am a fan of angry runs. I, lo- I love that. I love his little angry runs uh, mm-hmm. segment, you know, his little, uh, you know, award for the, the angriest runners. Um, that's, that's about it though. That's where I, that's the beginning and the end of my, uh, my love for the Kyle Brandt content, but uh, here we go. <laughs> I like the idea of angry runs, but just like everything else with Good Morning Football, they've just ran it straight into the ground. Into the ground, yep. It's so weird now. But anyway, this is from Andy Apac's YouTube channel. You guys can click on him in the chat, I'm pretty sure, if you're on YouTube, and go straight and give him a sub. But let's uh, let's check it out. Obviously, with his permission, I'm sure he doesn't mind. But you ready for this, Tim? Let's get it. I'm tired of talking about Justin Fields. I want to talk to him. Justin, it doesn't matter what I want to happen with you, what any of us want, what anybody watching wants. Right now, it doesn't even matter what the Bears want. It matters what you want. I think you want to be a Chicago Bear for life. So do it. Get it. Grab it this weekend. It's right there. I am sick of reading about your landing spots. You could be a Raider. You could be a Falcon. To hell with that. You are an effing Chicago Bear, homegrown. There is no landing spot because you're not leaving. Not if you win Sunday against that team in that town. Something you understood (laughs) way back in your very first ever mic'd up moment as a bear. You got it. Who was your center of house State? What year was he? He was, did he get drafted? Who's that? Oh, yeah. Well, we're happy for him on draft day. Then after that, he's come out of Bears fans loved it. Here's the problem. Josh Myers has been to the playoffs, and he's never lost to you. He got drafted by the right team, the team that you play this weekend. I think it's the biggest game of your life. I think it is a bigger game for the Bears than it is for the Packers. Green Bay wins. It determines their next few weeks. Chicago wins. It determines their next few years. You win. It determines your entire career. Justin. That team that traded up to draft you is going to grab some college kid to replace you. Doesn't that piss you off? Play like it. For a guy who usually says nothing, it is time to scream something. I am your quarterback. I am your leader. I am your present. I am your future. Take those draft picks and shove them or save them or trade them, but you're going to need them to build me an army so I can bring you a Super Bowl for the first time in almost 40 years, so I can give you a real franchise quarterback for the first time in over 100 years. Now, you go up there and you lose again, how can the Bears keep you? But you go burn Lambeau down, how can they not? Great moments are born from great opportunity. You can end two evils in one game, the Green Bay Packers season and the Justin Fields debate. Keep him, help him, pay him, crown him. Justin, this is not your last game as a Bears player. It's your first game as a Bears legend. Strength and honor, you unleash hell. You got it? Let's go! (laughs) (laughs) The let's go gets me every time. Every time, Andy, thank you, buddy. We appreciate the super chat, man. And and gosh, well done, everyone. Give him a round of applause. Well done, <laughs> beautiful, we, beautiful. You might have us a new video editor here on PTA, man. <laughs> Absolutely crushed it. Uh, Boz, thank you for the super chat. And he just says, Andy, well done, sir. Look at you, you got us a donation, Andy, just from your video. Andy's like, cut, man, where's my cut? <laughs> but uh, now nah, we appreciate you, Boz. You're always, you're always Boz the man. The man. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we've seen. We already got off track. As soon as I seen Andy in here, I'm like, we got to play this video. <laughs> um, let's go back. So we, we hit on the Quay Walker video, obviously, of him annihilating the offensive line. By the way, Quay graded out really, really good. We're going to hit on that here in a minute. Uh, let me get the Badger Trio super chat. Uh, thank you, Badger Trio. Appreciate you, buddy. He said, how can I say a team don't have talent after they just smacked you for 60 minutes? It's just, yeah. Amen. Amen, brother. It. We can always count on Bears fans for delusion. Yes. Absolute sheer and utter delusion. Yeah. And, uh, again, Badger Trio, thank you for the super chat. But I love this right here. Carly Ray says, wait, was that guy serious? Carly, he was serious, (laughs) believe it or not. (laughs) He was serious. I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not, but he was serious. Um, Yeah. Just hilarious, dude. Absolutely hilarious. All right, let's do this. Let's go to Baldy. All right, Brian Baldinger. 
Um, you know, the pass rush hit home multiple times, right? Multiple times. Well, I think we have five sacks. There's pressures all over the place. He pointed this out about going to Dallas. I'm glad Baldy said it. Hopefully this gets the officials' attention a little bit, okay? But look at this non-holding call on Kenny Clark. Watch this right here. Clark has been consistently one of the best interior defensive linemen in this league. And I'm just curious when we get to playoff football and Green Bay goes to Dallas. Like, are they going to let him play like this? Wow. Are they going to let Kenny Clark play like that when he looks back at this umpire right here and is like, did anybody see this? Did anybody see what they just did to me? Like, how are they just going to let him play? So the quarterback can run up here and scramble for a first down. Yeah. Just that was that was stack number two all day right there. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, waiting to happen. And, and that's the thing. You're going into Dallas. Whew, you ain't going to get – I mean, yep. J- Jerry, listen, home field advantage is a real thing. We all know yep. it is in the NFL. Doesn't seem to exist too often at Lambeau, in my opinion, but – Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I'm a Packer fan. Of course, I would say that. But let's hope that Matt LaFleur gets the tape together. What a lot of people don't know is that the coaches will actually put those type of plays together and send them into the officiating group, send them into the league office. Like, look, y'all need to watch for this. You need to watch for this. Don't blast them in the media. You'll get fined for that. But send that tape behind the scenes like, hey, we need to watch for this. Hopefully, we'll get a little bit of that in our favor um, in Dallas if they decide to play it the same way. Um, I don't know how to look at this game, Tim. I really don't. And we're going to have plenty of time to preview the Cowboys game. That's not what this episode's for. But part of me's like, we're playing as good as anybody in the league right now, right? The other part's like, man, Dallas is a freaking powerhouse, man. They can they can put up a 30-burger like that. Um, I'm just – I'm eager to see us go in there, and everyone's talking about it. You heard Mark Tauscher talking about it on Wildy and Tausch. We're playing with the house's money, right? It's like you went to Vegas, the analogy he used, you went to Vegas, you won four grand, you set three of it back and go, all right, let's play with a grand. Let's play. Let's have some fun here. You know, that's what it kind of feels like. You're playing with the house's money going into this. So um, I'm eager to see how that unfolds for sure. But hopefully, hopefully we'll get some of those calls down there. Now, Baldy also talked about Aaron Jones. Let's hit that real quick. Here's a video, Brian Baldinger on Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, showtime is on a tear right now. You watch what the Packers do with their tight ends right here. All right, there goes DeGuara right now. Now, watch how this ball handling right here really sucks up the end. They don't even block the end. All right, here comes Kraft. And now Aaron Jones is in the alley. They do so many different things. Wind back from underneath the center. You put Showtime eight yards deep right now, and you, you counter. So you're going to sell it to the left, pitch left, counter. They just follow the tight ends. Tight ends will take you to the promised land. They just crushed Jaquan Brisker right there. Like, it doesn't matter. Each week, watch the toss here. Follow the tight ends. Tight ends will take you to the ball. All right, here we go. Double tight ends, wide, wide formation, and there's Aaron Jones into the alley. Like, you've got to, like, this thing right here, this is excellent job. All right, by Runyon on a little shoulder turn right there, Myers, Tom, excellent. And then, oh, by the way, Aaron Jones' legs are fresh. He's breaking one tackle after another. You look at him against Carolina in a bare front right here. Watch. The, here comes the tight end. Here comes DeGuar. Follow the tight ends. Now, he, reverse action. Cut Brian Burns. you got to get him down. And then he's got to break a tackle right here. So, here you go. There you go. Dontavious Wicks against a, a bare front right here. A lot of motion. Here comes Elton Jenkins on the power. All right. Now, he's got to make one man miss. And that's J.C. Horn. Runs right through the contact. Like the last time Aaron Jones went to Dallas, you don't want to remember, if you're a Cowboy fan, what he did to the Cowboys. He's from the 915. He knows all about the Cowboys <laughs> and what it means to beat the Cowboys. Oh, you love it. Was that the game? Were they in Dallas or were they in Green Bay when he waved at them? You remember that? When he, he scored a touchdown and he was waving at them? was games? in Dallas. I think it was, too. Yeah. Um, that, you know, what's great that Baldy is just priceless here. Um, the other thing I noticed too, just kind of vicariously watching those looking away, taking, taking my eye off the ball. Um, you know, all the stuff we talked about our offensive line, not being able to do early in the year, these guys are starting to do it. We're seeing pulling guards and we're seeing guys being asked to 
be a little more athletic on some of these run fits and they're answering the bell. Um, that first one really caught my eye as much as we're watching the tight ends there and Baldy's right. Absolutely. But, uh, just great blocking by Rashid Walker. Um, you know, just phenomenal. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think Baldy's right, man. We are going to need another repeat of what we just did yesterday down right. in Dallas. We need heavy dose of Aaron Jones. Um, and we need to take this, take this game to the Cowboys. We cannot, play on our heels at all offensively or defensively we got to go out there and do what we can to try and dictate um our agenda uh, against that cowboys team definitely jake shavink in the chat on, on one of those running plays said sims and melton double team heck yeah dude ben sims is impressing the heck out of me on tape and i I'm, i can't remember what pff had him graded for the game we'll, we'll see it here in a second but just on tape it's like the moment doesn't seem too big for him and he definitely got more snaps than Luke Musgrave. I'm almost positive in that. Just just kind of watching the tape and at a glance, it's like Musgrave wasn't in there very often. They're easing him back into the role. Ben Sims seems to be a fine man. I hope they have him back next year. You're talking about a good, solid number three tight end. Yeah. Really, we'd be really happy to have him back. You got to feel like Tyler Davis is rehabbing right now going, damn, all these guys are working out. <laughs> <laughs> right. <But. You> know, <laughs> absolutely. Doug in the chat said, Bain got held – on the edge all F and day. Yeah, there was a couple of plays I was going to put into chalk talk specifically around that. Even when Gary's not showing up in the stack column, you know, he got the tackle for a loss. To me, it should have been a sack. I don't – maybe it was a design run. It kind of looked like a, a run pass option to a certain extent, but the way he dips under, beats his guy, and tackled Justin Fields in the backfield, I kind of feel like he got robbed on a sack there a little bit. I'm sure many people disagree. But he affected the game, drawing, holding calls – um, and there was many calls that didn't get called. So you can see he was applying pressure and just being disruptive. You guys know how I feel about pressures for sure. But here's Baldy on the defense since we're on that subject. Then we'll get right into the PFF stuff. But here's Brian Baldinger. Again, go give him a follow on Twitter. He's just absolutely amazing. 11-year vet, played uh, offensive line in the NFL back in a time when whew, it was a much rougher sport. Um, just He's one of the best at the breakdowns. We'll see what he has to say about the D. Packers defense – Played great yesterday. Made it tough on Chicago. But this play, like these plays don't make a lot of sense. Like you're going to ask Taylor here. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase to basically block Rashad Gary, their best pass rusher. 
all right, while you create this misdirection. So you're going to get this misdirection, and you're going to ask Taylor to do this to the best player. Like, it's, like give me a receiver out there that's got some size and somebody to be able to handle that edge. That's tough. That's tough. So then you get this right here. You get a six-man pressure coming right at him. All right, back Rashawn Johnson stays in. But you're running a bunch formation right into that zone. There's no place to go with the ball. And so Justin Fields ends up eating it because the line couldn't hold up. You watch it right here, and they just simply couldn't hold up. Here's Devontae Wyatt right here. Like, it's just a question of time. Is there anything open before Wyatt gets there? No. All right, so then you get – but then – you get a man, good man beater here, all right? Third and four right here, flanker driver comes D.J. Moore, good man beater. They pick off uh, the middle linebacker, Walker, right there, and he goes for 33 yards. Quick quick call on this one. Everybody thought Quay Walker was supposed to be man coverage on D.J. Moore. Everybody on defense was playing man coverage except for Jair Alexander. Guess where D.J. Moore was lined up on Jair Alexander? So, in my opinion – and, again, Baldy probably isn't looking too deep into the specifics of how the Packers' defense has ran. To me, it looked like Quay Walker was playing spy. And as soon as, as soon as he's seen, Fields is throwing to him. If you'll watch Quay at the end, you might see it right here. I'm going to play it. All right, sets up. Yeah, yeah, he cut it off. He looks back and goes, takes his mouthpiece out and kind of does like a, what are we doing? Last second, Ja goes and just, like, passes it off. It's like, Ja, you, you can't do that. You're, yep. you're in man coverage. You can't just go, hey, guys, I'm going to sit over here because I want to. Um, not the dog on Jai. He had a really good game. But you've seen that. One time, Savage actually waves uh, Jair over. DJ Moore goes in motion, and Jai just kind of looks around, and Savage is like, get over here. Like, what are you yep. doing? So uh, um, that play specifically, though, everybody was like, I'm so tired of Joe Barry putting Quay Walker on or linebackers on receivers. That was not the play call. It was not the play call. So, anyway. A potential score. But then Green Bay run one red zone stop after another. Right, Like right here. It's just a four-man rush. There's really nothing there. Maybe you can get the ball to DJ up in that corner. And he's thinking about it. But You know why he's thinking about it? Jair's supposed to have deep third there. And look what Jair does. Yep. They run a twist out inside, and Kenny Clark gets home. And this is a promising drive. It's third and seven right here. Third and seven, five-man rush. All right, they're running these twist stunts inside. Nobody's winning. Maybe you could throw that fade out there to DJ, but not if your quarterback is reading the rush because here comes the twist. Here comes Kenny Clark coming around right here. Look at that. Now he's reading the rush. Now Brooks are shoving two linemen around like ragdolls. It's it's on chalk talk. It is on chalk talk. Watch Carl Brooks, guys. He's on the left side of your screen right now. Okay, he's playing what appears to be just a straight up four tech, and then of course you've got Kenny here playing the one. Watch Carl Brooks take this center out. It's it's amazing. The other thing too, Quay's mugging here. He's sugaring. What he's going to do? He does a touch spy once on chalk talk, and then this is a no touch. What we call just mugging. He doesn't actually touch the lineman, but he's still affecting the play. Quay is making that guard stay at home in case he blitzes. Then Quay drops by, back in the spy. Carl Brooks comes over, annihilates the center and the guard. This guard blocks no one because Quay is mugging that four-eye. It's absolutely huge. And then Quay drops to the center and plays spy and ends up tackling Justin Fields. Watch Coming it. around right here. All right. Now he's reading the rush. Now it's over. Some good. Most of the Packers playing great defense and taking things away. Joe Barry was in his bag, boys. I know people don't want to hear it, but he was in his bag. It was a lot of fun to watch. There was one time Baldy actually caught it. He when he said this bunch, they're trying to. Uh, he was trying to flood the zone on the bunch. That wasn't zone. It was actually zero man. They had a single high safety, and post snap, Savage dives down underneath and plays robber with no help up top. So it was actually cover zero when you're talking deep with a robber playing spy, but it's kind of a what we call a green spy where he's on the running back, and if the running back stays in, he's kind of spying and making sure the quarterback doesn't scramble. It was really cool, really cool, man. Uh, Joe Barry, it's like he turned the page and added a little bit more to the equation. We've seen Meg, too, by the way, 
Tim. Yeah. There was one play. It took me forever to dissect what the hell was going on. But I'm like, the only thing I can come up with was it was cover two invert with a little Tampa action from Quay down the seam at the wheel spot and up top was Jair on DJ Moore, and he was playing Meg, man, everywhere you go. It was a really cool play call. I was like, man, that's just – they're basically saying, Ja, take DJ Moore away, everyone else play cover two, and let's try to hit home with a four-man rush. It was a, it was a lot of fun to watch too. So. I think that has to do with a lot of, again, these these productive conversations that we heard about, you yep. know, coming off of this suspension is I'm willing to bet, you know, they probably had, had some questions for Jair. You know, why are you frustrated? Uh, in this defense, what are some what are some things you'd like to see us do? And you know, maybe that's Jair saying, "Hey, man, I I, I do I, w- I want to play some Meg, and I want to be able to trail some of these guys, mm-hmm. you know." And then they're probably like, "Well, you know, that's fine. We can pepper that in, but you got to play your quarters when we're asking you to play quarters too, you know." And uh, I think what we saw is one of Jaw's higher graded games yesterday, and uh, certainly an improvement. I mean, some of the, some more of the same, like you said, we saw some of that inconsistency, but I think all in all, he really shored his game up a lot. Yeah, I think so too. Badger Trio says, I feel like Joe is the scapegoat. When do we start blaming the players? That's kind of been my stance all year, Badger Trio, but you also got to take into consideration too, that if the players are underperforming, that's on the coaches, right? I mean, it's on the players. Yes, absolutely. But it's also on the coaches. It's you got kind of two aspects as a DC, in my opinion. You're you're leading the defense, right? You're the play caller. You're the schemer, right? The play caller slash schemer. And you're also the coach. You're leading your position groups on, hey, here's what they need to work on. And that's definitely where I feel like Joe Barry has fell short um, based on the draft position of the players. But again, we haven't had all those first round picks on the field together either this year. You know, the best of my knowledge, they've not been on the field together one time. I think no. the most we had on the field at once was six of those first rounders. So um, again, though, Wink Martindale came available today. You know, he's basically resigning from um from the New York Giants. Tim, ask me if I would take Wink Martindale over Joe Barry. <laughs> Do it in a hard Wink over Joe Barry. Oh. You can't get him into Green Bay fast enough. Send a private jet. Get him into Austin Straubel tomorrow. You like, know, that might be up there for one of the best football names, too, there. Oh, yeah. Wink, uh, Martindale. Wink Martindale. That's oh, yeah. a classic. And people were going, Clayton, why do you why do you like Wink Martindale so much? Because people I respect like Wink Martindale so much. People like Michael Lombardi. He's like, how in the heck he hasn't been a head coach yet is beyond me. Because he just – and you look at the matchups – you know, that, you know, for those of you who don't know, if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure Wink was in Baltimore and then he left Baltimore and went to the Giants. And now he's leaving the Giants. That's the only thing that does worry me a little bit is why does he keep hopping around by choice? It's going to be something he comes here for a year or two and he just leaves. Like that can leave you high and dry there, too. So just something to keep in mind. Drew D in the chat, been a member of the PTA Posse for two months now. Appreciate you, Drew. He said, ever seen a DC attack so loudly for a top 10 D? Oh, don't you? Drew, I told you Uh on Twitter, buddy. Don't you say it. You're going to get roasted if you consider points scored important. I'm just saying. (laughs) But yeah, he's they're back inside the top 10 in points allowed. So um, for what it's worth. And again, what is that screen? Inconsistent, right? But when they're on, they're on. Um, when I say inconsistent, you've had one game this year where the opposing team scored 30 points, if I remember correctly. There's been really good defense, really good defenses that have given up that many points multiple times. And when you point it out, it's, well, they just got a horrible offense. Like, I don't know what that has to do with the D.C., but okay. Um, let's see here. Andy in the chat says, apparently Matt LaFleur didn't know Musgrave would be available until after the plan was finished. I expect a much heavier dose this week. I didn't even think of that, Andy. That's a really, really good point. That would make a lot of sense for sure. Uh, Jim in the chat says, all of the games missed by Jair's show, we got to give him room there for sure, Jim. You're going to be rusty. You're going to be rusty coming out. And you'll, I've actually got it. I think I've got it tagged on Chalk Talk on one specific man coverage play where he gets cooked and he just looks rusty. He looks like a player that hasn't played consistently for a while, you know, so – uh, maybe he'll get better as time goes on here as we go into the playoffs a little deeper. So um, 
All right, let's do it. Let's get into the PFF stuff. Let's kind of walk through the injuries first, if that's cool with you, Tim. Um, just a quick little injury update. People were asking about this on Good Morning Lambo. By the way, guys, hit that like button for us. We really appreciate it. That way, Packer fans can find this channel, find this content. Thank you all for hanging out with us during the national championship. Pretty wild. We got so many people in here. Matt Schnobbin, uh on Twitter said, Romeo Dobbs went to the hospital yesterday because of his chest injury, was back in the locker room post game. John Kuhn said on the radio broadcast that he was coughing up blood. LaFleur just called Dobbs day-to-day. So, precautionary reasons, went to the hospital. They said he was back in the locker room by the end of the game. And uh, sounds like he's just day-to-day. He's good to go. So, that's good. Anytime you hear coughing up blood, man, you get worried about that. So, don't – I feel like we'll get that confirmed here in the coming days, too. Absolutely. Spitting spitting blood out of your mouth versus coughing up blood are two totally different things. So, we still don't. 100% 100% know exactly, you know, what's going on there. So, yeah. but good that Rome was at the hospital and then released, you know, back, back in the locker room, you know, for post game. So that's, that's a good sign. Yeah. Completely agree, man. Completely agree. All right. Up next, Matt LaFleur versus the bears. He's now 10 and O against the bears. I think we would all agree. The bears are like the top rival for the Packers, right? I mean, it's the oldest rivalry in the league. He is undefeated guys. Did you see that we had that footage of him uh, celebrating today, Victory Monday? And Matt LaFleur been rushing, work, working on that Russian accent. Working on that Russian, riding a bear like it ain't no thing, though. I thought though. you were serious. I thought you were talking about him and love celebrating. They said that. Uh, Matt Schneiderman on his podcast, it was hilarious. He said, uh, don't don't be surprised to see Jordan Love on the injury report after uh, basically Matt LaFleur chased him down on the field immediately following the game, gave him a bear hug. They said he hit him real hard and was just fired up. It's like that's that's a coach that's so proud of that guy. I mean, I mean, it's just oh, it's so cool that they're going to get to kind of, you know, kind of go through this thing together for the next probably the next decade, to be honest with you, Tim. Oh, yeah. As long as love continues to perform, you guys know what the National Football League stands for. Not for long if you don't perform, but I think love is showing all the signs. So, all right, PFF, don't look now, but the Packers are all of a sudden the 12th highest graded team in the entire National Football League, according to PFF, at an 82.1. Offensively, they're 78.0. Passing grade is 83.2. Pass blocking, 71.6. This is on the season game. Receiving grade, 78.0. Running grade, 82.8. Run blocking, 56.2. Obviously, that's the big black eye on the offensive side. On defense, 71.4. Run defense is 62.5. Tackle grade, 57.8. Pass rush grade, 77.1. Really solid pass rush grade, obviously. Coverage grade is now up to 71.2. Special teams grade, 67.9. So that kind of shows you the Packers are now, they're they're right there on the brink of being a top 10 graded team, according to PFF. Now, when you look at the offensive side of the ball, this is a really cool number here. This was reported by at PFF underscore Packers on Twitter. Jordan Love in the second half versus the Bears with the season on the line, guys. He struggled in the first half a bit. I know it's hard to believe that with the stat line, but I remember that first half, Tim, there were some wobblers. There were some inaccurate passes. I was like, oh, man, this is not the time to start throwing high because there's some, you know, the Bears have been really capitalizing on the turnovers. He came out in the second half, 12 of 13, 158 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, a passer rating of 142.9. That is QB1 right there, boys and girls. That is just absolutely perfect. With the season on the line in the second half, just stepped up. He had the fumble. I got you. We'll talk about it on Chalk Talk. Completely blown play. Literally, two of the receivers thought it was supposed to be a smokescreen. One thought he was running a nine fade, which means he thought it was just drop back pass. Aaron Jones thought it was an RPO, and the offensive line thought it was a mid halfback screen. So Jordan Love drops back and's like, "Cue the circus music." So he just rolls right. And what's crazy is he had the first down. One of those freak plays where the helmet hits, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's got to know in that situation, you can't try to take that ball over the carrier like that. You got to protect it. Put your head down or get down and live to play another down. Huge turnover. Could have cost you the game. That's the only mistake that i really seen from Jordan Love all night, man. As far as the passer, Tim, really impressive. What do you think of Love's performance, man, just on the surface? Oh, man. 
lights out, man. This is, you know, like we talked about this morning. I mean, it's not like we put 30 up again or anything, but you know, when we needed it, it seemed like he was just making completions. Every, every time we needed one, we got one. Uh, the one that really sticks in my mind is that, you know, Musgrave's only catch of the game, which was just an absolute crucial moment for us backed up in our own territory late in this game uh, in desperate need of uh, a handful of first downs to just keep the clock and the momentum rolling forward. And Jordan, again, buying, buying time with his feet and uh, making a, in rhythm throw right on the numbers to Musgrave um, just absolutely clutch. I mean, and I'm, you know, we'll do chalk talk uh, sometime this week and, and we'll go over these, but uh, there there's a good smattering of just absolute dime piece throws from, uh, from Jay money. So uh, like I said, gave him number 10 cause he only throws dimes. Bro. He's, he's getting to his reads. I mean, so quick he's seeing yep. the game, he's processing everything so fast. We will be doing Chalk Talk tomorrow. I've got it ready to go. We could have done it tonight, but I was like, let's just hold it till tomorrow. So we'll do that tomorrow for sure. Also, someone else who stood out on offense, Elton Jenkins versus the Bears, 34 pass blocking snaps, zero sacks allowed, zero pressures allowed. So Elton Jenkins' pass blocking could not have been any better against the Bears. Run blocking, a little bit different story, but again, pass blocking just absolutely phenomenal. Let's hit on the PFF grades, Tim. Let's go right down the line here. Your highest graded player on offense was Jordan Love at an 83.0. Passer, uh, passing grade, 90.3. That running grade at a 30.0 is what dropped him down significantly because of the fumble. If it hadn't been for that, he would have graded out elite in this game. There's no doubt about it. John Runyon, 81.0 at right guard. That's right. John Runyon, 77.9 pass blocking, 77.9 run blocking. This is so bittersweet for me, Tim, because I'm like, we need a better right guard. And then he does this right at the end of the season. (laughs) It's like, don't you do this to me. Don't you give me false hope, John Runyon. Um, That's uh, To me, that's just tough, man. Um, Josh Myers, too, man. We got a game out of him, too. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Um, At least, you know, for his standards, right? Right. Um, Aaron Jones, 49 total snaps, graded out 80.4. A phenomenal game. Bo Melton, 45 snaps. 45 snaps for Bo Melton, 77.7. Dontavian Wicks, 43 snaps, 77.6. Luke Musgrave, only nine snaps, 76.3. Left tackle Rasheed Walker, all 60 snaps. Graded out as a 75.8. He looked really comfortable against the Bears. Jaden Reed, 36 snaps, 73.3. Tucker Craft, 72.6. These tight ends came to play. And there you see, like Andy A. Pack mentioned, it could have just been the fact that Luke Musgrave wasn't a part of the game plan, not knowing if he was going to be ready to go. But uh, Tucker Craft, man, 54 snaps, still doesn't have a drop, finished the entire regular season with zero drops. And again, 72.6 in the PFF grade. Elton Jenkins, 67.5. His pass block grade, elite, 87.6. Run blocking grade, though, 58.5. Josh Myers, 66.7. Zach Tom, 66.0. Of course, Zach Tom was matched up with Montez Sweat. The fact that Montez Sweat didn't get a sack all night, if I remember correctly, I could be wrong. I don't think he got a single sack. Um, really shows you he held his own against one of the uh, the better pass rushers in the league. Uh, Yash Nyman, only 12 snaps, 64.2. Sean Ryan, 29 snaps, 61.1. So, you know, John Runyon took a step in the right direction. Sean Ryan went backwards this game. Um, the, uh, the biggest negative, I guess you could say before he got hurt, Romeo Dobbs only graded out to a 53.6. He could have been playing hurt too. I don't know if he just came out. I'm really surprised with the Ben Sims thing. Of course, I was seeing him in the run blocking game was where he stood out to me. 62.1 passing grade 49.2. So his overall grade ended up being a 55.9. Anything stick out to you there, Tim? Yeah. Just talking about right tackle there with Zach Tom and, and Yash, you know, um, dealing with Montez Sweat is a big indicator of why we we did have some rotation there on the right side, I think, honestly, just to keep Zach Tom as fresh as we could on those crucial downs, you know. And uh, I just really think that, uh, you know, we talked about it going into the game. This was going to be a team, team win, and uh, we got it across the board from these guys. And, you know, couldn't be more proud of this offense, especially this offensive line, man, you know, struggling all year up and down. They really put themselves together in a nice game, and uh, it shows. Yeah, for sure. Jen Wright uh, confirmed in the chat, 
nope, not sweat. I'm assuming she's saying he did not have a sack. So there yeah. you go with that. I, I, I was thinking we didn't take any. Well, no, we took one sack to be knocked out of field goal range. That's right. So or to to have a deeper field goal, which obviously led to a miss. Badger Trio, thank you for the super chat, buddy. Said made the safety in the middle linebacker look silly on that drop touchdown. I think he's talking about Bo Melton probably. Um, Bo Melton, man, he seems to be uh, confirmed. That's who you're talking about, Badger Tree. I think I think that think I'm making sense of that there. But we appreciate the super chat. But Mo Melton, um, and he seems like he belongs, dude. It's wild, absolutely. Yeah. going all the way back to camp and being, you know, my heart went out to him because he got hurt right before final cuts, and yeah. it was like he was he was definitely one of those like lower bubble guys that we all kind of saw little flashes and just to see him go from you know, working out with that rehab group and, and just getting onto the practice squad to to where he is now is just so happy for that guy, man, to, to, to be here. And like you said, man, you know, 45 snaps, man, talk about getting thrown into the fire and uh, and responding. So another weapon in that wide receiver room for sure. Gotcha. Yeah, Badger Trio says, yes, love made the safety in the middle linebacker go left and pass right. Got you, buddy. Got you. Thank you for the super chat. We appreciate you, man. All right, let's move on to the defensive side of the ball real quick. We're making good time, Tim. I like this, man. We're on pace here. Preston Smith, uh, according to Matt Schneidman, actually had something to say in the locker room. He said, quote, Joe B's been dialing it up. He gets a lot of hell in the media, but we've come together. We play for Joe Barry. Tell him, Preston. Stop playing with him. And you heard Joe Barry go to bat for Devondre Campbell when a certain – you know, number of the group of Packer fans were trying to make it sound like Devondre Campbell's mad at Joe Barry when in all honesty, he was mad at all the toxic fans on Twitter coming at him and his wife. Um, and Joe Barry said he 1000% has Devondre Campbell's back. Right. Um, and that he is the leader of that team, that locker room, that defense. So it's just anybody who's still trying to create this false narrative that the players don't want to play for Joe Barry. They're just blatantly lying at this point. Um, now, does that mean he should come back? No, it doesn't. But we got to tell the whole story. You got to. Preston Smith really praising it. Kenny Clark said the same thing. That's what Matt Schneidman said on his podcast. Uh, said that Kenny Clark was praising Joe Barry too, dialing up the blitzes and his play calling. So I think it's cool how, you know, people were saying, Tim, that you, you got one of two options here. You can keep Joe Barry and see if they can turn it around, or you can fire Joe Barry and see if it sparks this defense. And everybody was saying that with the caveat of these players don't want to play for Joe Barry, therefore they'll step up and prove, hey, he was the problem. Actually, the opposite's happened, right? They yep. kept Joe Barry, and these players are rallying around Joe Barry. And I, I just I think they're making it more and more difficult every single week to make that decision on whether or not you're going to have, uh, have Joe Barry fired. Um, it's going to be a tough one, I think. I think uh, Matt's got a tough decision to make. Hopefully he doesn't have to make it for a couple more weeks, so that'd be nice. Um, so, PFF grades. Let's see how everybody played out here. Um, first things first, Carl Brooks, stud. You guys know how I feel about Carl Brooks. I feel like a rising tide raises all ships. Um, if you want Devontae Wyatt to play better, cut into the snaps a bit, I think you need to get Carl Brooks on the field more often. He plays the run, you know, maybe maybe not perfect. His tackling is way better than Devontae Wyatt's. So when you're talking about potentially putting Carl Brooks in the majority of those nickel snaps, what are you sacrificing? Many people would say you're sacrificing pass rush for run defense. Well, if you look at Devontae Wyatt, he graded out at a 50.9, and his pass rush grade was a 69.0. Tackle grade, 29.0. You've seen it on the tape, too. You seen him miss the sack there in the first quarter on the opening drive. Could have been a a uh, drive killer instead. They extend the drive on out there. Carl Brooks's pass rush grade eighty seven point four. And when when you guys see the swat and swim on the uh, on chalk talk tomorrow, you're gonna go, oh my god, <laughs> he is in the backfield so quick, and it's just a one on one block it is absolutely phenomenal. So again, Carl Brooks. hands down the best defender on the field. Only 17 snaps, but that's not his fault. we got to get him on the field more often. Quay Walker, huge game, Tim. I know you're grinning like a possum in a dumpster. 76.1. Quay rebounded really nice in this this game. The pass rush helped a lot. He played Sam a couple times. He mugged the B-gap right from the defense's perspective a few times. He was also playing spy. Really had a good game. Um, I didn't feel like his tackling was much of an issue. That's what brought his grade down. 
So I don't know what they seen to say, nah, he could have tackled better. Uh, maybe he did have some missed tackles that I that I didn't see on the tape. But, man, run defense, his run fit, 71.5, pass rush, 79.6. Coverage, not horrible either at a 62.3. Anytime you're in the 60s as a middle linebacker playing coverage, especially someone who's not known to be a great coverage corner, seeing that many people seen him as kind of that makeshift Sam Backer coming out of college, really solid performance there. Kenny Clark, huge bounce back game all the way around, 75.9, run defense, 70.6. That's what we need out of Kenny. Tackle grade 69.2, pass rush 68.3. Jair Alexander, 47 snaps, graded out as a 74.9. Run defense, 74.8. Maybe the shoulder's feeling better, Tim. Um, tackle grade 75.4, coverage grade 72.5. Uh, Kobe Wooden, only nine snaps, 72.1, still solid performance. TJ Slayton, 26 snaps, 71.0. Great game there. Darnell Savage, look at his tackle grade, Tim. Darnell Savage, 83.4 tackle grade, defensive grade 69.9. Devondre Campbell, 68.6, tackle grade 81.2. You want to know how you held them to nine points. The majority of the players on your defense had really good tackle grades. Preston Smith, 68.2, um, 66.0 run defense grade. His tackle grade, 29.1. You've seen a real crucial play when he uh, when Justin Fields connected on Cole Komet on the scramble play. It's because Preston Smith – couldn't get him in his grasp uh, there with the sack. Could it, Just a big difference right there, or the little difference, I should say, Tim, where if he tackles him and gets that sack, he's probably grading out in the mid-70s, maybe upper 70s. Instead, it drops him down to a 68.2. Rashawn Gary, 66.9. Run defense, though, 71.4. Tackle grade, 72.0. Pass rush, 67.4. Jonathan Owens, 65.8. Not too shabby. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon, 62.4, tackle grade 78.2, run defense 77.0, really fit the run fit nice out of the nickel. Uh, Corey Ballantyne, minimal snaps. Carrington Ballantyne had a little bit of a rough game, 54.1, good tackle grade, but he got burnt in coverage several times. Luckily, he rebounded, but he dropped the interception. That's going to get you a negative grade there, too. He bit on what I think was a zone match principle. He got caught botting on the double move, got beat, then dropped the interception. That's two negatives on one play, in my opinion. Devontae Wyatt, 50.9, run defense, 44.6, tackle grade again, just in the absolute dumpster, 29.0, pass rush grade, 69.0. He's a pass rush machine, but he's got to learn how to play under control. Uh, J.J. Nickbari, 44.9 is his overall PFF grade. Lucas Van Ness graded out low. That surprised me, 44.2. Of course, he had the sack, pass rush grade, 66.5 and he had a tackle grade of 71.2. Obviously, that sack on Justin Fields was exactly what you've seen on the college tape where he's just got eyes in the backfield constantly while he's engaging with the offensive line. So, Tim, what do you think about the defense, buddy? Anything you disagree with here? Anything uh, – what do you like the most? What do you think here? I think Keyshawn graded a little low. I, I thought he had a good game. I really I think do. he had a better game. I, yeah, I feel like the coverage grade's low, and that, that, that brought him uh, – brought him down a little bit i thought he i thought he played about as well as he can uh in the slot man honestly um so that one i kind of kind of don't agree with um mm -hmm. but like you said with uh darnell Sa savage man he that guy was uh living up to his last name for sure playing like a savage out there uh lower in the boom um just uh great to see it uh and uh devondre campbell can't say enough about him too just a just a solid game for a guy that's clearly not 100 percent, but is uh giving us 100 percent out there and, um, you know, I was actually uh, uh, surprised as I went back and rewatched, too. You know, I was a little little low on Jair and uh, looking at the grades, you know, those seem pretty much on um, with the exception of a couple of those busted coverages um, in man situations. But, man, Jai looked good, solid, bought in. This this is what we need out of this defense. Um just really proud of these guys. And of course, yeah, Quay Walker, man, what a huge, huge game for him uh, to step up in. And um, really, I think what you're seeing with Quay is he's, he's slowly but surely here, really putting, putting everything together um, when it comes to playing that spot and uh, doing what he's being asked to do out there. Um, it was nice to see Joe Barry kind of cut him loose a little bit too, and uh, yeah. get him involved in the past pass rush a little bit more. Uh, which was good. And and we saw like there um, on Baldy's breakdown too, you know, just doing a little mugging and even being a threat to, to rush the passer um, is having an impact um, in a positive way on our defense. So uh, 
just really proud of the guys all together. And uh, yeah, what more can you say? Give Carl Brooks two game balls. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, he's he played really, really well. It's it's so cool to see a late round pick like that and someone who flashed in camp. He's really played good all year, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I think he's grading out, if I remember correctly, in the 40s or 50s amongst defensive linemen in the NFL, according to PFF, if I remember right. I was looking at that earlier. Uh, let's see. Uh, I know I'm going to screw that name up. You know how to pronounce that? Ne- Nehemiah? Nehemiah. It's the coolest name I've ever heard, if that is how it's pronounced. But uh, he says, if the defense plays like this during the playoffs, I think we have a chance to knock off anyone in the playoffs. The talent is there. Completely agree, man. They just underperformed this year. Uh, they may be picking at, picking at the right time. Uh, Jeff Silkey in the chat says, Ja came to play. That's why I'm hopeful he, we can shut down Lamb. Uh, you may see a little Meg against Lamb. You know, they did it this week, right? And it's uh, it's kind of hard to read the way they mixed in cover two zone with Meg. Um, really, really interesting for sure. <laughs> Took it down. A- <laughs> for those of you listening, Meg is man everywhere you go, okay? That's what that stands for. So within a – Within a zone scheme with with man match principles, you can say, "All right, Meg, you're man everywhere you go." The problem with that is, you cannot play cover three and cover four consistently because you're going to be one body short, right? Right. It's so, almost like when you spy, same thing. You're you're down a body. Yep. And when you're doing it in zone and playing Meg, you almost always have to go to some kind of cover two. Now they did a good job, Barry, disguising what I thought was a cover six originally, but it ended up being cover two invert with the corner dropping deep which it kind of felt like they took a little little something out of Minnesota's playbook last week. You know, we hit home there on the Tampa 2 invert down the scene to Jaden Reed uh, in Minnesota on New Year's Eve. So um, it's copycat league for sure. Uh, Badger Trio says, I know it's crazy, but I feel like three all three wild card teams have a chance to win the NFC. Uh, you never know, man. All you got to do is get in there, and, and I'm telling you, momentum's a real thing in the playoffs. Gray Matter 06, someone on the postgame show was correct. Everyone got a game ball. I can't remember who said it. Was it you, Tim? This guy, I said, can we give away 53 game balls? <laughs> they did. Everybody got a game ball. You love to see it. <laughs> Just an awesome performance, seeing that team come together, man. God, the perfect time, too. Absolutely. And we're playing with the house's money, man. I know y'all get tired of hearing me say it, but that's just the way I see it. All right, special teams, just a quick glance. I want to give a shout-out to Christian Welch. I know he listens to the show. That's a lie. Um, he had an 80.1 on non-special team snaps. Hey, that's what they brought him in for was to be a special teamer. Zane Anderson, did you see that diving tackle on one of those returns? I was like, who was that? And then I went, who was that white boy? It was Zane Anderson. <laughs> Zane Anderson. So, uh, Jonathan Owens, 68.9. Robert Rochelle. Had Robert Rochelle. Bro, I came up off the couch. Bro. I, it was awesome. Layeth the smacketh downeth for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Woo. Definitely. Uh, so those are kind of your top performers uh, on special teams. When you talk about people who struggled on special teams, Benny Sapp had a rough game, only four snaps. Eric Wilson, who's usually a special team stud, uh, you know, 12 snaps. I think he led – yeah, he led special teams with the most snaps, 48.1. So even with that, you don't really look up and go, man, the special teams cost us this game. That's pretty cool. You're seeing other players step up when when uh, when usually your special team aces like a Eric Wilson is struggling. So it's just a – team coming together you love to see it all right that being said we'll kind of give you guys a quick glimpse into uh pff against dallas and what the line's looking like i want to say real quick that uh packers total access is sponsored by bet us they are the official sports book of packers total access live if you guys want to support the show you can click on the link in the description of this video and for free you can use that link to register as a customer with bet us and that lets them know by using that link that we sent you to them. Appreciate them jumping on board with us. Now, when we looked at the line last, you know, last night, the line had continued to move kind of towards Chicago a touch. You guys know I was big on the under, both the total under and both each team's unders. They both hit uh, on this uh, particular bet. You could have got that right there. You could have got the under for the Packers, uh, 23 and a half at minus 110. You could have got the under, um, for the Bears at 20 and a half, you could have got that even money there. Now, when we look ahead to Dallas, the points right now, guys, as far as the points spread, the favorite, we are, and I love this. I absolutely love it, Tim. We are seven and a half point underdogs as it yes. sits right now going into Dallas. Seven yeah. and a half point dogs. Now, check this out. With the spread, Green Bay plus seven and a half, 81% of the cash is on Green Bay right now. of the tickets. 
Now, when you go to the money line, the cash numbers haven't been reported yet. The cash numbers, money line, right? 80 or tickets, I'm sorry, 82% of the tickets are on Dallas to win outright. So they are heavy, heavy, heavy favorites in Dallas. Nobody expecting us to be able to even compete with the Dallas Cowboys down there in Texas. So I'm I'm really excited to see how that line moves, how it changes as the week goes along. But again, BetUS, America's favorite sports book, celebrating their 30th year in business. They are the official sports book of Packers Total Access Live. We appreciate them. Tim, I think we did good, man. We're at the 57-minute mark. I think we can just about wrap this thing up, man. What's on your mind? What do you, what do you want to close with here? Um, closing out Victory Monday. This is great. Um, enjoy it. Enjoy it. We still got a few hours left, you know, about four hours left to uh, Victory Monday, depending on where you're at. Um, and because uh, tomorrow it's all business. Tomorrow it's all about Dallas Cowboys. It's all about the playoffs. It's yeah. it's not about being happy to be here and make the playoffs anymore, guys. Uh, we have just as much a chance as anyone else does to go down there and get a dub, you know. And uh, this is going to be huge experience for our young players. And uh, we want to have the the right mindset going into this. Um, you know, as fans, it feels great to gloat and enjoy that win, especially when you beat a team as delusional as the Bears and you have to, you know, listen to the the Bears fans continue to make excuses and implode and it's entertaining. And we had a great victory Monday. We had, you know, Ja crashing the local news in the morning and everything. It was, oh, it was a thing of beauty, man. Um, but, you know, tomorrow victory Monday is over with and uh, it's time to get back down down to business and uh, focus on getting this win down in Dallas. Cause you talk about a hostile environment, that's going to be a hostile environment. And um, you know, we got to look forward as fans, not backward. We, we know we've had success in Dallas in recent memory uh, with playoff football, but this is a new era, a new team. And uh, we got to stay focused here uh, starting tomorrow. So enjoy the rest uh, of victory Monday night. Uh, have a daddy soda if that's your thing. And uh, get ready to work tomorrow. Starting with chalk talk, right? Clay. Yeah, it's funny. Carly Ray's like, Clayton, can we enjoy this Victory Monday one more night? <laughs> Tim's trying to drag me into the Dallas week, and I'm going, I want to stay right here for just a second. So I agree with you, Carly. Uh, she said, uh, oh, Clayton, let's uh, enjoy Victory Monday one more night. We can think about Dallas tomorrow. I'm tired with the crazy emoji, uh, crazy eyes emoji, I should say. Yeah, tomorrow we'll do Chalk Talk. Uh, I know, Tim, you may be a few minutes late. We may just set it maybe to like 15 minutes late. Um why don't we do chalk talk in the morning if that's cool with you? And then by the evening time, tomorrow is what? Uh Tuesday, right? Yeah. Can we go can we go eight thirty central? Yeah, we can do that. We'll do that. We'll push it back thirty minutes. That'll work. Our ducks in a row. Yeah, it, it'd be it'd be a damn shame if I slept in thirty more minutes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll do that. Um, so we'll do chalk talk in the morning, and then we'll try to get the guys on. Uh, maybe we can get Emilio on with us tomorrow night. We may have Chris on with us tomorrow too. If Chris, you're still watching, um, remind me shoot me a text. We may have you on for the first time. Just come on here and talk some ball with. So you're really gonna like him, Tim. He's awesome, man. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Tomorrow morning, Chalk Talk. I'm looking forward to that. Drew D said, I'll take the Packers plus seven and a half. And uh, Boz says, uh, read that read that chat for me there from Boz, if you don't mind. <laughs> Make some money. Buy your tear-to-ear bottle of Mountain Deer. <laughs> I tried this one chili and it set my mouth on fire and I had to drink a two-liter of Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't even what he says. He's so proud of what he said. <laughs> Like he, he looks around for any reaction, man. So I think you got it, though, Boz. Ter liter bottle of Mountain Dirt. Mountain Dirt. You, know you got it. You got it. All right, we're out of here. It's off the rails. I want to thank everybody in the chat. You guys are absolutely awesome. I can't believe the national championship's going on. We had 110 people watching live. Just just phenomenal, man. Absolutely phenomenal. We're going we're gonna to drag this Victory Monday out as long as we can, for sure. Uh, give a special thanks to Andy for the super chat, but more importantly, the video he created. If you guys haven't seen it, go find it on his YouTube channel. And also uh, Pack Daddy or uh, Ryan Slip at Pack underscore Daddy on Twitter tweeted it out earlier. It was absolutely hilarious. I'm going to go retweet it right now so you guys can find it at the top of my timeline too. Uh, Boz, thank you for the super chat, buddy. You're always too kind. Badger Trio, thank you for the super chat, both of them, man. Really, really appreciate you. So, we're going to get out of here, guys. We will see you in the morning for Chalk Talk. Looking, Really looking forward to that. You're going to enjoy it. we got some negative plays in there because even with a big win, there's plenty of stuff to work on, right? There's plenty yep. of stuff to understand. I want you guys to come away going, 
dang, if that didn't happen and that didn't happen, we might have shut them out. So it may appear negative on the surface, but when you really look at it from that standpoint, you're going, we still left some plays on the field and pretty much dominated on defense. So that being said, we're out of here. Those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go back. The power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Yes, a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. Get an isolation with the with the linebacker. You tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. The YN has the linebacker taken out. He cuts inside. The YN has the linebacker in. He comes all the way around. You look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here, and a seal here, and try to run this play in the alley.